Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Outspoken with White and Jordan. 100% engagement. It's a total disrespect. Download, stand well back, listen. Jim White and Simon Jordan. I don't see that view. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. Thanks for listening to Outspoken with White and Jordan. I'm Jim White and today myself, Simon and Graham Souness debated just how Arsenal found themselves on the losing side against Liverpool in the FA Cup. On the subject of the Cup, just how much longer will replays be a part of the tournament? We'll hear from some of those in the game who want them gone. Plus, could we see Jordan Henderson on his way back to the Premier League and would there be any takers? This is Outspoken with White and Jordan. went to Arsenal yesterday and won um, we'll ask a separate question about Liverpool shortly is their cut and thrust under Klopp returning but what about Arsenal after a host of missed chances were all of Arsenal's deficiencies laid to bear Graham, can you get your take on this you know did this game encapsulate why Arsenal won't be winning the title in this current guise before you come in Graham, this was Arteta saying nobody panic we didn't take the chances I haven't seen any other team in the first six months that has generated what we have done against them in the last two games. Are we not capitalising? But not today in the last few games. That's why we're not winning games. Performance-wise, merit-wise, there's no question who merits to win the game. Actually, the results did something very different. But when my team plays with that attitude, with that courage, with that design, does what they've done to probably the best team in Europe at the moment in terms of momentum, what can I do? Stick behind them and support them. I mean, Graham, I could see you. You, you weren't having, by, by the looks of what I, I saw your reaction to be, you're not having a lot of what Arteta said there. It's now one win in seven for Arsenal in all no, competitions. No, I am having what he said. I was just looking at the black skies gathering outside. No, I think I think Arsenal... The manager will have gone to bed last night, as will his staff, and hopefully most of the players thinking, how do we not win that game? They were fabulous in the first half. But, you know... You look at the stats at the end of the game, the majority of possession, the majority of touches in opposition box. They had um, more corners, more, more. Um, what is it they call it these days? Best opportunity to score. XG. Um, XG. Yeah. Expected goals. Yeah. yeah. I love yeah. that. Yeah. Um, and they've lost a game. Yeah. They could have been 3-0 at time. So what is missing from the game? You break it down, they don't have that. Fox in the box, that guy can put the ball in the back of the net, and and they're suffering because of that. Is that why they won't win the title? Yeah, I and, and I'll if you were, if you play as well as Arsenal did and you create as many chances as Arsenal did, you expect them to win games. 
But right now it's not happening for them. Not just the, that fox in the box missing, whoever that may be. Um, but the other guys are not chipping in. And then you go look at the other side of the coin. I've said for months that Liverpool are a very dangerous team. Because Liverpool don't have to play well to win football matches because they've so many goals in their team. And that's exactly what panned out yesterday. Yes, they rode their luck. But if you're on this Liverpool team at the moment, you know, let's defend properly, let's give nothing away, we will create and we will score goals. They can. They are a dangerous team, Liverpool. A very dangerous team. What's it tell us about Arsenal, Simon? They need a striker. They need a striker. They need a striker, but they need more than that, I would have thought. As Graham says, I mean, look, look, I mean, that Havertz should be on that TV show, Pointless. I don't understand what the what that that must be a tax write off for some reason or another because it's all well and good that they need a striker but we said that last season we said that one of the key components of Arsenal that missed from them when they bottled it last year which they did that they needed someone they, that can that can change the direction of travel in difficult games they didn't have it Martinelli wasn't it Jesus is not it because they're not prolific goal scorers and I'm damn straight sure sure Havertz isn't it but he went and spent sixty five million quid of the owner's money on buying a player that Chelsea must have laughed their I do a column in the Daily Mail and I said We know I don't understand why they're buying him because you he can only be buying him because he thinks he can improve him. You're not spending sixty five million of your club's money on someone on the performances and level of performance he's shown at Chelsea. So Arteta must have felt I can get him in. Forget about playing in this position or playing in a different position and what best is the best position for him. He's timid. He's not aggressive enough. He's, 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 you know, go, the top strikers through history of the game take a blow to score a goal. I'm not sure if he'll be that. But he's man. just not that, is he? No, Mind you, to you, everybody's timid. No, 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 no. But strikers, I, I believe that's the hardest. Well, it is the hardest place to play. They're really tough guys in football. Are the strikers? They're they're the ones in a you know a nanosecond off to decide to go for yeah. something where they're going to get smashed or not. They play with the back to big, or they used to play with the backs to big aggressive centre backs who would kick them. But Graham Arteta says these they're unlikely decisions. to sign a striker. These are big decisions. In January and these, these these sort of things that that sort of the fanning around the side of things. You know the goalkeeping situation, the striking situation. These are the decisions that Arteta needs to make if he's going to bridge that gap. I said at the at the end of last year. Writing on the same newspaper as Graham, actually writing. How this. many uh, times do you need to mention this? Actually writing it. Um, and I had to take a pick up when he joined. When he joined <laughs> actually, I heard that. Actually writing it. Yeah. Um, oh, I see. You don't just dictate it to when, somebody else. When, His pictures are better than when, mine. When okay. they spent two hundred, I said they had spent two hundred and fifty million pounds to stand still. They've spent two hundred and fifty million pounds, and they are there and they're about standing still. They're out of the FA Cup. They're they're inside the top four in the league, just about. They've got the Champions League, which is their their fullback position. But again, you look at Arteta, and I like him. I don't like some of the things that come out of his mouth. I think he got away with what he said about the referees. I don't like that. I don't like Arsenal's behaviour. I don't like Arsenal coming in whining about Sacco. Sacco getting challenged last week. It all feels to me a little bit, a little bit lightweight. Yeah, but these us. these are the sort of decisions that I wonder if a Klopp and a Guardiola would make. And I wonder sometimes if Arteta is trying just a little bit too hard to be a little bit too clever and a little bit too different and to outthink his uh, his rivals. And he doesn't. Is there merit in that, Graham? You know management. Do you see yeah, the I, signs of that? Simon's yeah, point I, I, I see and I think, well, I know Pep and Jurgen Klopp the exact same if they weren't getting results. I mean, managers are two people. You've witnessed it close up. But that, what, there are, look there at the two, are look a certain individual when they're winning Goalkeeping. and they're... They're an open book and everyone's their friend and they'll pick the phone up to people. And when you're in a bad run, 
you're suspicious but that's of not, everyone. But that's not the point I'm making, Graham. The point I'm making is we've had two situations this season with the situation with the goalkeepers, where he's talked about the rotation of goalkeepers, and then we've got a seven forward problem. That. I don't right? agree with that. And I don't think Pep Guardiola would have signed a Havertz to fix his goal scoring problem, and I don't think he'd have a difficulty around because when Joe Hart was there, he went, "Not for me." Yeah. Okay. But, yeah, uh, I going. think that's before he even got in the door. I think he. Had... Yeah, but my point is, is that those are two key component parts that, oh. that, that Arteta looks at and handles a certain way. 100% engagement. Outspoken with White and Jordan. What was the first thing? Did you did you see the highlights? I mean, I came in from uh, Kenilworth Road yesterday and caught about the last 15 minutes of uh, Arsenal-Liverpool. The first thing that struck me, what are Arsenal wearing? Did you see it? Well, I knew what they were wearing because <clears throat> I'd read up the, uh, on what they were wearing it for. The all-white kit. Uh, in a home fixture it's part Graham of this no more red campaign the aim here of uh, helping keep young people safe from <coughs> knife crime and youth violence now um, it, I must admit that intrigued me because I, I then needed to know why Graham and then I found out why so did it raise my awareness yes it did because I found it odd they were all white white numbers I couldn't see the numbers in the shirts must be a nightmare for the commentator so Despite recent social messaging in football like BLM, the Wembley Arch, the One Love Armband for Qatar sparking splits, debates in certain quarters, is it right they did this? Because would it would it be silly for football on the pitch to remain morally mute? In other words, say nothing about about certain campaigns. I think I think especially the Premier League, um, but football has such a, a reach today. Um, has such an influence um, on so many lives and I think anything that anyone can do whether it's in sport or any other field to bring awareness onto what is an epidemic happening in the streets of London and beyond where young innocent people are losing their lives to knife crime I think anything we can do we must do it and Arsenal did their bit yesterday. Definitely. In my opinion, most definitely. I mean, Whether so, the commentator could see the number or not, most mm. definitely. Are you having it, Simon? You go with that. Because I know you you spoke out in the past about football getting involved with on the pitch, with BLMs. Well, I do. Social, I, I, do from the, affairs, I do from the campaign. I do from the principle of understanding. I mean, if we had an effective mayor in London that dealt with knife crime, then we might not necessarily need football clubs to be able to deal with it properly. If we were allowed to allow police to stop and search and do things in a certain way, then we might have res resolutions. And I would suggest, without being controversial, that most knife crimes are not innocent participants. They're normally members of gangs that are carrying knives for their own reasons. Um, look, I really do understand the influence that football has. My conflict is always that there are so many different causes and so many different things that football could, could be leveraged into doing that you become a, a sport you know you become in a cause and more of cause and a side order of sport and we've seen that football doesn't do it well we've seen that it gets itself involved with things that mm. put it itself into a cul-de-sac ultimately with the israel-palestine conflict we've seen situations where football steers into things doesn't do its research and finds itself advertising a particular uh, organization uh, and thought process which doesn't really reflect the sentiments of this country but, but here Simon football has done its research last year in London 21 individuals were killed 18 of them were stabbed I understand that 18 uh, I, I, 21 I, teenagers I, I, 18 stabbed I know all the statistics because so uh, this is a sport being leveraged I know I know the statistics but you can't so then you open it for one you've got to open it for all who decides what, what, what cause is more noble than another 
I, I absolutely concur with the view that you utilise your players, you take them around to community centres, you get them to speak to the to, to the communities, you perhaps even use some of the funding that football clubs might find available through the uh, the charitable side of football clubs that have the football trust that can be, be able to give money into the communities. But to be able doing to, this too. I, but again... It goes, this is so effective because it's visible. But again... Why are Arsenal wearing that kit? I get That's it. the first question I, you I get ask the reason, I get the reasons why it's been done. And the argument gets raised at Christmas. Why don't we do... Why don't we do... You know, don't wear a kit for homeless and things of that nature. And it will go on, it will go on, and it will go on. I maintain the view, and it's not a very popular view, that sport is for sport. And ultimately, that's where it should lie. And we find ourselves in a situation where leveraging it for other people's agendas. Which agenda, which cause do you determine is not vi- not valid for sport to do? But knife crime's not an agenda. Well, it's a fact. No, you know, abs- absolutely. But knife crime leads on to homeless, leads on to another cause, on to another cause, on to another cause. If you allow cause. it to, Every- you, you, you're letting it lead you on to other But who is the arbitrator? Who is the arbitrator? Of what football should and shouldn't do, but and I think what cause should but, and shouldn't be. But put I think football it. players have such a profile today. Use it. That, you know, use it. Don't use the pitch. Yeah, you th- that's well, my view. Well, I think it was watched throughout the world yesterday. But people in Malaysia don't care about knife crime in London. No, no. But they would say, "Why are they wearing that shirt?" Mm. And that portrays London in a bad light. Why are Arsenal wearing that shirt? Oh, it's because of a knife epidemic going on in London with young people right now. The poor kid on Christmas uh, Primrose Hill in New Year's Eve. He wasn't yeah. part of a gang. Yeah, I'm saying yeah. that. You know, a kid no, no, that gets no, that. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, know, I understand that. Wrong understand place, that. wrong time. I have a son, 24 years old, lives here in London. I go to bed every night, and that's the last thought in my head. I hope he's home safe if he's been out. And it, it, it's something that, if we can help in, in, in a minuscule way, it's something we'll have to get involved no, I understand, in. Graham. And there's I, things I that these kids that we're talking about who do carry guns. Knives. And knives, sorry, and sometimes guns. But the kids who carry the guns, the knives we're talking about. They will. The vast majority will have an interest in football. This is a direct, a direct way of making contact with them to make them think. Really, really, you know, I've, I'm going out the door. Uh, I've got my car keys. I've got, I've got, I've got my house key. I've got my phone. Uh, and I've got my knife. How ridiculous is that? that no, we, I, I we're under, talking I, now I like this. I grew up at a time when. I grew up in, in, in Croydon when I was 15, 16 years of age. Knife crime was again an epidemic at that time as well. And and I experienced it. I got stabbed twice myself, so I understand the ramifications of it. But the bottom line for me is always about where does football and sports step in but, and its obligation to society and the responsibility that football has. But I think in this case, because these young men will... The, 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 I, I'm saying this without knowing that exact details of it, but I would imagine the people who go out, the vast majority of these young kids who carry knives will have an interest in football. So this is the direct way of getting to them. A direct way of sending a direct message. Direct reach. Yeah, it's not It's not what you should be doing. It's not it's a not... divisive issue, oh, no, no, Sam. No, no. It's like the, BLM no, no. or the Wembley Arch or the One Love Armband. Some people will, will say, yeah, that's a, that's a good thing that we should have. I Other people say there's no place for that. I, I this... I understand the messaging. I'm not, I'm not necessarily disputing the value that it has. I just think that you open this Pandora's box for one valuable cause, there will be a litany of causes going on behind it. I'm very happy for the players to be leveraged. I'm very happy for the football club to lever itself into a situation where it attaches value. I'm just not happy with the pitch being utilised for that because it opens that door for which it is the age-old George Orwellian expression, one animal is more equal than another. The bottom line is is that you've got a situation where a very valuable message is being imparted, but sport's job, in my view, is to be simply about sport. People go 
to sport. The creation of sport was about entertainment. Oh, we heard that. Not about messaging. You know, going back to the Olympics and... Yes, but I don't... I'm not, I'm not necessarily sure that was the... And you go back to 1936... Politics Olymp and sport. Yeah, but with, we go back to 1936 Olympics and Goebbels and Himmler and their revolting messaging that was used in 1936. So that was a classic case of how sport shouldn't be used. And 1968 might be but, a case... But this is a classic case of why it should be used. They ask that... They ask that the kit thing is visible. You ask yourself the question, why are they doing it? You find out and you think, it's, good on them. Arsenal, it's happening on their turf. Good Some on of them it happens on their turf. Awareness. No one disputes. But Can I, I just say something? Simon, you and I, if you remember, you spoke to a theatre with me in Glasgow of like three and a half thousand people for your mm -hmm. charity. Mm -hmm. We got a lift back round to the hotel we were staying in. Do you recall the only person you phoned in the way back round to the hotel to make sure he was home? Was that my son, I son? Your son. Yeah. And I heard you in the back of the car saying, where are you? Are you home? Good man. Are you in? You're good. Yeah. And you turned to me and you said, can relax now. What you've just said I can vouch for, and I remember you doing it up there. The last words to my son when I say goodbye to him, as I did last night, late, early evening, was, stay safe, son. I say that's the last word, and mm. I say it without thinking. I don't say it, and I'm sure it you know, goes in one ear and out the other ear with him, because when you're young, you, you don't sense danger. You don't know what's out there. Of it's course. terrifying. It's absolutely, you know, we're talking about... Yeah. Coats, you know, they're getting, people are getting stabbed for wearing coats. When I, I, trainers. Am, I, I have a young son that's three years of age, and I am considering about where I want him to live because I don't want necessarily my son to grow up in, in London. He may well end up us going back to Spain. We'll see how that, that, that plays out. And also, I've seen on various times on Michelle's show, she's had my partner, and she's had people on there whose children have been victims of knife crime and have lost young men. It's not... I am not diminishing the subject matter. I am not degrading the value of it. I am questioning the validity of football clubs opening themselves up to every available cause. And I understand the value of this because I don't think it's their responsibility. I so think do you make an exception for this one? Well, then who determines what exceptions are? I, I, I think who because, is the, the, because the market, if that's the correct term, they're trying to target, thank goodness, a very, very, very small minority of people who, who carry a knife. And I come back to it. The vast majority of them have an interest in football. And, and I also think... The vast yes. majority of them have yes. an interest in football. Yeah. But when you, if you, if you, none of us can relate to this, but the mindsets of these kids, these thugs that are carrying knives, will only be changed by consequence. Not by messaging I from footballers. The I, only way will be I, But stick, Arsenal's campaign yesterday, Simon, and the white strips, isn't it about consequence? It's about conversation. No, it's about consequence. And you imagine... I disagree. And you imagine the number of conversations... Jim, that it, took place thereafter Jim, people saying with, with, I'll tell you why with, they're wearing those strips it's because with, of conversations Jim, Jim, then take place Jim, with respect when I own Palace I, I decided that I wanted to invest in the community and I went out to the community and I spoke to the community and there's one particular bar I'm not going to say where it was where I went out and I decided to put a lot of money into a community centre because I was told that the community centre itself and the lack of it was the reasons why there was crime on the streets I paid bought and paid for a community centre they burnt it down so when we're talking about the naivety of people's perspective, it is consequence. These people are not going to be reasoned with. They're not going to be appealed to. They need to be consequence. These kids that are taking one another's lives need to understand the ramifications of what they're doing because they seem to think it's some sort of game. But here's the thing. Why are we talking about it live in TalkSport, live in YouTube and Facebook about this lunchtime? Because the conversation's very, very important. Who started this conversation? Arsenal yesterday with a strip. No, they didn't. Arsenal didn't start did. this conversation. It's a constant... That's why we followed it, it up. It, it's a constant scenario that has been put to the Mayor of London repeatedly and endlessly. 
It's can about he, policing and about consequences. But today, we were be speaking about this this lunchtime well, if on you, a football-based show, largely football, but mostly sport-based show. Had Arsenal done think, what they did yesterday? I think, football, I think football can sit there and pat itself on the back. The reality, if anyone really believes as a grown-up that there is going to be one single scintilla of evidence that actually this is going to work to change people's perspective, I think they're naive. And I think it's, I think it's nothing wrong with I hope, it. I hope you're wrong. I, I hope I'm wrong too. I hope I'm wrong for the right reasons, but I don't think I am. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Download, stand well back, listen. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. We always hear it this time of the year, Graham. Um, players, some fans as well, throw their hat into the argument. Cup replays, do we need them? The players will tell us, many of them will tell us, of course, not least uh, those into player welfare. Too many games. We don't need cup replays. Um, various managers have various takes on this. I want yours in a second. I mean, there's one, Wolves, for example. What was Nuno's take on it? Everybody's aware that there's a big congestion of, of games. The fixtures are every day so it's something that they have to look at it that if you ask me personally I think that should be finished on the day extra time penalties whatever there are things that and allow the, the players to have a little bit more of time to recover the Premier League uh, is suffering on that and you know the issues that happen in terms of injuries all these things one of the things is the, the amount of fixtures that, uh, that we are exposed to that was Nuno, of course, I'm behind the times. Now, these days of Forest, not Wolves, but uh, they've drawn, so they've got to go again. And then you go to Luton, where I was yesterday, and you hear the view of Rob Edwards, whose club drew nil-nil with Bolton and have to do it again. Yeah, we could do without it. But you know what? It's just the reality and that's it now. So we've got to try and get our heads around it. Our schedule changes. Now we play Burnley away in a few days' time uh, on Friday instead of Monday. Uh, because of the replay, let's just go and deal with it. And, you know, our mindset will be the same. We want to go and win the game. I like that, Rob. Let's just get on with it. But what about Brentford? They drew with Wolves. This was Thomas Frank. This is the worst outcome. Honestly, it is uh, in every aspect. I, I said it yesterday. I, I simply don't understand why we have a replay. Don't understand it. Uh, I know Wolves get the home advantage, but I'm, I'm pretty sure if I'm not, not speaking with him in here in front of the media, uh, I'm pretty sure he will say, uh, the same, that's why, why play a game there. I, I, I simply don't understand why there's no one in the football world that um, uh, changed this. But they need to take some more clever decisions. So some want a replay, some don't. Some can see them far enough. Uh, this was Neil Critchley of Blackpool. It's, it's so important, I just think, for, I don't know, football in general, isn't it? 
I, do, I think, I say, the, the, the level now between the Premier League and the rest is getting wider, in my opinion. I think it's getting harder to cause and cup upset. Look at the results yesterday and today. It's, you know, and that, and that's Premier League against Championship. So I think it's such a, an achievement to cause an upset. So if you get a second chance to do it, then we'd rip your hand off for that. I can assure you we're, we're delighted we've got a replay. And yeah, it's a busy schedule, but so what? Get on with it. I think this is something like our 36th game this season. You know, well, the Premier League teams haven't played that. They get international breaks. They get time off. We don't. Get on with it. You know, look at the resources they've got. Look at the finance, you know, the facilities, the staffing. We don't have that. So, you know, it's tough. Let's get on with it. It's football. Let's play. I like Critchley there. Do you know, Graham? Get yeah, on I, with it. Yeah, but I think I think we will see, possibly next year, replays being done away with. If the big guys want it, they'll make it happen. And I think it's it's um, a mixture of the importance of the the Premier League now survival. Although Rob Rob Edwards is the the obvious um, one to come out and say that they think it's it's a good thing you play more games and replays um, when they've got a real chance of survival. That might come back to bite them. But I think the vast majority, if not certainly all the big clubs, do not want to be playing replays. It's, it's, as I was, I was going to say, the two things are the importance of the Premier League. Is retaining your status in the Premier League and outside the very top teams who are, their argument would be they play enough games in Europe and everything else and the diminishing interest in the FA Cup. It's, mm. it's, it's, I think it's just two arguments. There. I mean, Simon, is this not the element of the cup that needs protecting? Uh, it depends what you value it, as I do. And I vote, and as I said to you last week, talking about it in the, in, the, in the article that I wrote about the FA Cup and the value of it. Look, I mean, I'm not surprised Rob Edwards talks about it not being a big deal. He comes from a league where they play 46 games. <laughs> He's just gone up to the Premier League, they play 38. He's probably going to play less but games this season. Doing it strange come from him and given that they have a chance of retaining their status as a Premier League And then you've got, the and then you've got Sean um, Dyche talking about, I'm not really comfortable with the, with the winter break. Whatever you do there seems to be a necessity for people to complain about it. The FA Cup is a valued tournament. There is an agenda and an initiative to remove the fourth cup, the League Cup. It's been done in lots of leagues around the, around Europe. So UEFA have had their two penny thin about whether fourth cups or sex, sorry, the fourth tournament should be relevant to a season in terms of a second cup in this football. The third round is a, is a big part of English football. Mm. If the big sides are worried about replays, well, won't you win a bleeding game? Well, that's it. I'm looking at one message, Graham. If you don't want a replay, deal with it in the first game. No, I think replays will very soon be a thing of the past. Well, Graham may well be right because he's what he's suggesting is that the big clubs get their way. Well, there's well, a balance. Always, don't always. But, well, not always, but there is a distinct possibility that they may well, in this instance, given the fact that the Premier League rights, are, uh, sorry, the FA Cup rights have been given to the Premier League to sell. Um, I, I don't think they should be given their way in this. I think the FA Cup is a very valuable tournament and it should be maintained with a level of decorum and tradition. Because if you take away everything, we've allowed it. It's up to the FA. I think it's... the FA are a joke. I think, that, <laughs> given that I think the FA are a joke, it's probably likely to happen that whatever the big clubs want, whoever those perceived big clubs are, is, may well be what they get. And I'm not necessarily adverse to the idea of games being concluded on the first, on the first in terms of on the day. What I would be looking towards in that respect is a trade-off. Then, if you want to do that, I tell you what: the idea that I spoke about last week about the seeding, so that the, that the Premier League clubs cannot be drawn against one another; they're drawn against lesser clubs, and ultimately, the lesser clubs get an opportunity to play the bigger clubs in a game that gets concluded on the day. That would be maybe a trade-off that ultimately gets people into a situation where they're more comfortable, because we're seeing at this moment in time the third round 
for me, I don't know what you think of Port of it, Graham, as an owner, the third round draw was a was an interesting part of the football calendar. It was the exciting. Day... Yeah. yeah, yeah, but the interest you have to admit the, the interest in the FA Cup has diminished. It has been watered down. Only because of the, the size oldest... scale of the Premier League. Yeah, the yeah. Premier League has done that. See, there's not a lot of sympathy out there. Phil in Newcastle, if Thomas Frank thinks a draw is the worst possible outcome, then it's down to them. They they shouldn't have come out of it on level terms after the first game. <laughs> and they've got themselves to blame. I mean, for talking sake, Sam, I am at Luton Bolton yesterday. The Bolton goalkeeper, Nathan Baxter, played out his skin. So say yesterday goes to penalties and Bolton lose, having brought 2,500 down mm. to Kenilworth Road and Baxter couldn't keep out the penalties. That, w- In my view, that would be unfair on Baxter, on Bolton and the fans I who travel. We, I think we have to be pragmatic and realistic in our outlook. We have allowed, for one way or another, the FA have allowed the Premier League, the league that they licensed in 1991, yeah. to take control of English football, and now the tail wags the dog. And they're not even prepared to regulate the game. They need an independent regulator to do that. So here we are in a situation where we're trying to maintain what I believe is a fundamental... All of these fundamental things that made the Premier League get forgotten. The Premier League wouldn't exist if there wasn't a pyramid. The, FA, the, 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 the perception of English football wouldn't be as high around the world if it didn't have these brand values like the FA Cup. But they get diminished more and more by the nature of the beast, which is the Premier League, and the European Champions League and the European football. Jürgen Klopp saying football people should make the decisions. Thomas Frank is saying the wrong people are making the wrong decisions. There's a common theme here. You should make the decision. But, but again, what, what, should, I, I, in other words, should the clubs predetermine well, the cup replay dep- dilemma? Depends what you think football. I mean, some of the most disingenuous people that I've met in my life are football, so-called football people. But what I get to hear is what people don't want to do. What I don't get to hear is what the actual solutions to it are and how they would have it run and how international breaks would be coincided with domestic football and how the fact that successful football clubs play more games. If you want to be successful, then ultimately you're going to play more games. And all of these things, we listened to Martin Keown and his particular brand of tripe about how we're going to find a solution to problems by saying, it's not fair, we don't like it. Let's get the players at the table so they can tell us, well, we know what they're going to tell us, what they don't want to do. We know that. So how, how, how are you going to fix it? You want to play in the Champions League. You want to play international football. You want to be at the biggest clubs. All of those come with 50, 60, 70 games attached to them. Is it crazy so how are you going to fit it in? Is it crazy to think, Simon, tie by tie, they ask the clubs before a ball is kicked? Oh, no, no, no. Do you want this ended on the day? Do you want to go... No, 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 no. They can't no, do that. Why? Because it would be chaos. Yeah, you'd be you one for it, one against it. You know, no, no, no. You can't so replays are here to stay, although you think, Graham, they're not. I I think um, replays will be a thing of the past very soon. I would imagine it will go to extra time and ultimately penalties to decide. 100% engagement. Outspoken with White and Jordan. Six months after leaving for the Yellow Brick Road of Gold, Saudi Arabia, Jordan Henderson, we hear once out. The reasons we have from Max, uh, the heat and the standard of football. I mean, he must have known about the heat and it probably had a very good idea about the football. The money on offer, seemingly, was irresistible. But now, apparently, Henderson wants to leave Saudi Arabia and is keen to return to the Premier League or elsewhere in Europe. Um, he moved to Steven Gerrard's Al Etifak from Liverpool in the summer. Apparently, he's a difficulty settling, not least Etifak have hardly won a game in recent times as well. He must have known what he was getting into, Graham. Uh, he said at the time, I wanted something that would excite me. He talks about a project uh, that was put in front of us in terms of the league and using my experience to try and help with that in many different areas and feeling that uh, that there was going to be people value. It was nice to feel wanted. 
So he felt wanted and I, he went out there. Now he says it's not for him. I, I well, I'll start from the back. I'll start from the end, work backwards. Nice to feel wanted, which means he was sort of getting pushed out of Liverpool, that would suggest. Um, he would have known about the the, um, the climate in Saudi Arabia. Um, he would have known he was going to a much inferior league, given that the Premier League is the best one out there. I would imagine if things had gone really well, if they were sitting top of the league um, and he was being well received out there as a player they thought they were getting, um, uh, we wouldn't be talking about this. I think it's a combination of him having personally a miserable time and the, the club... Because the Not club's pleasing. underachieved. Yes. But he's part of that underachievement. Of course he is. Um, listen, there's, there's a lot, to, there's, there's a lot to like about John, Jordan Anderson. Great athlete. Um, looks to be a really good type. I was asked a question about James Miller going to Brighton. And my, the way I, I responded at the start of the season, and I responded like this, I said, I think James, James Miller going to Brighton will make Brighton a better football club. It won't make their starting eleven stronger. And I think Jordan comes into that category. Having played abroad and worked abroad, Jordan Henderson doesn't have a trick. He's, he's, he's a workaholic, as when Aldam is. They're very steady eddies, up and down the pitch, put the ball under pressure, every opportunity, really, really good types. Infectious. But you they managed make, and played in established they, leagues, didn't they, you? They, yeah, they make, they, make, they make other players... Shine. No, they make other players work hard because they embarrass people by the work they put in. But they're not... You know, none of the, the crowd in watching these games are going to get an edge of seat because yeah, when John Nelson... Yeah, there's fetches and carries. He's yeah, a fetcher, right? Yeah, when they get when they get in the boat, they're not going to do anything cute and clever. But, he, you know, every team, you can't have a, a team full of um, ball-playing midfield players. I wonder if part of it is he didn't price in the backlash. And no, no, Sam, that's been and gone. This is about them not doing well. No, no, no. I'm, 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 I'm suggesting that is clearly evident, right? And I understand that. Um, neither is his manager, by the way, ultimately. Um, but I I wonder if he priced in the degree of vitrol that he gets every time he steps foot back onto a pitch in England playing for well, will England. Will that change if he comes back? Who knows? It but won't. the point is, he opened the door to the observations that are made about him. And yes, there was some vitriolic observations. You're talking about his previous support for the LGBTQ+. Yeah, and, and now he's community. now... And now, of course, the, the overriding and overarching statement, which I think is attributed to him about wanting to grow the game. Let's be clear what Jordan Henderson wanted to grow. Jordan Henderson wanted to grow his bank balance. And that's fine. He's a professional sportsman. He disagrees with that. He said it wasn't all about the money. Well, of course it was about the money. No one would go to play in a... People would see this club come with loads of money and he's gone, yeah, I'm going. When in reality, that wasn't the case at all. Okay, so if we'd have said to Jordan Henderson, let's just, let's just put that through the ringer and, 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 and disseminate that information. Jordan, you're going to go to play in a substandard league in, in, in the desert for twenty-five to £50,000 a week. Off you go then because it's not about the money. He wouldn't have gone. He went there because of the money and potentially because he was sold an opportunity about being a, a key cornerstone part of the building of a league. A bit like Beckham went to, the, to America in 2003 and was given a franchise there and afterwards as a result of his deal with LA Galaxy. And here he is now, potentially, if we, at, if we attach the, some resonance to what's being said, not fancying it anymore. That's the modern-day so, footballer. I think, it's, I think it's, it's not gone well for him personally. It's not gone well for the team and I don't know his domestic situation, but if his wife, I think they live in Kuwait. Been there and drive, five months. I think they live in Kuwait and go to work in Saudi. Been there five months. But you know, if your wife's not happy there, if his kids are out there, um, is it, 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 it not duty bound to, those, to his employer? Yeah, if one of those things is not right, 
then it can compound a, pro- compound just, a problem. How does that play into your narrative that we had to have you tub-thumping during the entire summer about how wonderful this league is going to be and how much jeopardy it is going to be for Michael everyone else? Michael Emanalo said exactly that. Michael Emanalo, uh, who's a top man when it comes to football in the, the Saudi Pro League, said, we're delighted the big names are coming because they're joining something special. We have an opportunity to do things right. And we want to do it well and we want to compete. We're, 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 we want to develop this sport to be one of the best globally. Uh, but first, you know, it's been a, the Saudi Pro League has been one of the best leagues in Asia. And now we want to take that global and we want to make our mark. And, and in so doing, we want to respect all the rules and regulations and all the tenets of the game um, in so doing. But our ultimate goal is to be one of the best in the world and to help enhance the game for everybody that is involved. I mean, that was Emanalo, of course, talking up oh, he's an employee. his league. He's an employee. He's an employee. Yeah. But, I mean, it's been going for a year, Simon. Yeah. The paint's hardly dry on it. We've got to give it time, surely. No, and the number of names they've attracted because of the money is undeniable. But this is what they have to offer, OK? This is what they have to offer. This is the debate that you and I had during the summer, repeatedly, um, as you were telling me endlessly that the Saudi <laughs> League is here to stay and going to decimate English football and it everyone else. Should, right. In what it, it can be here to stay. But the only thing they have to to draw people to them is the finances, and even if that can't even keep them there, what are they? Do they but have to offer? It's the same in your other great love boxing. Yeah, you know, they're throwing that much money at it that well, they'll get their own way. But they're yeah, of course. But, but with respect, if you're getting to fight, if you're getting the two best fighters in the world to fight well, on an individual and event, and Fury and when, Usyk, and Gannon and Usyk, no, no, Fury and Usyk. Sam, I when Henderson experienced a bit of flack at Wembley. Yeah. And he did, from some quarters, uh, when he came back, following his previous support for the yeah. LGBTQ plus community. If he was to come back here, how do you think he'd be received? Is he in for a shot? I think people have... Sh- people will, it, it, in, in certain circumstances where people have done something dreadful in society, where players have been convicted of the worst crimes and then found themselves back on football pitches, they'll never be accepted back again. You can bring into the case Adam Johnson and his behaviour that caught... When he came back after serving his custodial sentence, was never really allowed to play again. And maybe you'll have challenges with other players, like the Man United boy that's gone abroad. Maybe he'll have that challenge. He'll come back and he'll be ridiculed for the fact that he was so strident about his views. This is what I've never liked. I've always believed if you ha- you're entitled to have strident views, but you've got to have some skin in the game. If you want to support a charity, you've got to get yourself in the sea and swim, right? Yeah. If you want if you want to do something, you've got to put some backbone into it. Now, nobody wants to have skin in the game. He sat there saying a good thing about certain communities need to be represented and treated fairly, and then went to the very place that he spent most of his time vilifying by association. So that's the modern-day footballer not being prepared to have any skin in the game. So he'll get contempt for that, but it doesn't last forever. Now, Simon, if, you, whoever come, if he comes back and goes to... And stays in the Premier League. Whatever club he signs for, they'll be on side room. Well, I mean, funnily I'm enough, going Mc- the country. Yes, McCoyston, Bre- Ali was talking about this on breakfast this morning, and he says, nah, he'll have options in the Premier League. Of course he will. I think he would absolutely jump at the chance of going to somewhere like Newcastle United. The fact, the fact he's a Sunderland lad <laughs> might have something to do with it, right enough. But in terms of a move, I mean, I think that would make sense to all parties. You can sit here and name seven or eight teams that Jordan Henderson can play for in the Premier League right now. Don't think there's any doubt about it. Graham, has he still got enough to offer that yeah, services I, I, might I, be I, required I, by seven or eight teams? Yeah, I think so. I think so. I think um, he'd be in demand. I mean, he's thir- 33 now. You know, I think when you analyse his game, he's the biggest asset he, he has and always has is his athleticism and his attitude. Do you think the international so opportunity that, might so be playing a thing? 
that the, the attitude won't diminish if anything that can get better but something getting around the pitch that will diminish you're not going yeah. to you know as I've alluded to you're not going to give him the ball and do ask him to do the, the cute and clever things with it he's 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 a a real workaholic. See, he's pulling on the jersey of Balletti fag every week. Yeah. And they're getting beaten. Yeah, can't and there's And there's the Euros in the summer. Yeah. That may, for it may England. All, it may all play into it. It doesn't suit him now. The decisions that he's made and the economic returns to them clearly aren't uh, coordinating with what he wants. And that, there's something it's something to be admired about that. I mean, he must be really unhappy because he'd, he'd be on the end of a great big tax bill. Yeah. I mean, he talks about not, not spending enough time on, out. He talks about not being on the kind of money that people have suggested in the media. He's not on £700,000 a week. He'll be on significant money. And the big thing is that if you stay there for two years, it's tax-free money. So if he's on three or four hundred grand a week, as opposed to that being two hundred and forty after tax, it's 400000 a week ad infinitum. But it, by, by making this decision, you, ha- you ridicule him on one hand because of the ridiculousness of the, of the pivot that he did to go to a play in a country whose morals and principles he's railed against by association. If it doesn't work... And it doesn't work for him, then, and he's prepared to give up the financials as a result of it, which means A, the contract that he's under, and B, the tax free status that he will have achieved if he stayed there for a period of time. Then you'd then say, is he putting football at the centre of the argument, which is a better position than the one that he took initially? Um, but I think in life, I'm sorry, it's just maybe it's because I'm cut from a different cloth. You take something on, you finish what you started. You made your decision, you wanted to go and play there. You gave a big load of noise about helping develop this league. Get on with what you've taken on. That that's got to be out of your playbook as well, has it not, Graham? Yeah, well, it's, it's you not. started it, you finish it. You wanted to go there, be part of this project. Nothing to do with the money, although it's pretty darn good. Three hundred fifty grand a week. What? So see it out. Is it ten games in? A bit more than that, I think. I, I you know, you try you're second guessing. I think I'm trying to put myself in that situation. What would really, really push me to the point? Could I deal with the heat? Yes. Could I deal with um, the money? Yes. No, no, no. Could I deal with losing every week? Yeah, because I take I take that. I'm responsible for that in some way. The one thing I couldn't take, I'm trying to break it down here, is if my wife was saying, "I, I just can't do this," and I don't know. I'm second guess. She might still be living in Cheshire somewhere. But if that is what's driving it, that's a whole different argument. The other two I could deal with. I'm not sure if I could deal with you know my wife. Tell me this is it. I can't I can't live here. Your 100 percent essential download. Outspoken with White and Jordan. Thanks for listening to Outspoken with White and Jordan. Please leave us a five-star review. Whatever you get your podcast from, we'll be back tomorrow to bring you the best of the show. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project. There's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.